So today's staff is Chafalas 21. We pick up in the middle of Chafalas Bet, and we are, or actually not the middle, the top of Chafalas Bet, we're a bit behind, um, and we pick up with the Brahimine, four lines from the top. So, um, and we're dealing with the different materials on which a get can be written. Um, and we dealt with what defines an act of writing, and inscribing it does constitute an act of writing if you're actually working on the letters themselves rather than on pushing down or cutting away the surrounding material. So you wrote a get on a gold uh, plate, um, on a gold like uh, um, uh, whatever. Um, what's a toss? So like so anyway, some type of a of of of, of gold foil. Um, and actually, the piece that you of gold that you've written it on is very valuable. It's gold. So when you gave it to her, you said, "Here's your get, and here's your ksuva. The value of the gold is my payment for." Your ksuva. So, Mahu, what's the halacha? Does that count as the giving of a get? So, I'm a lot. Yeah, it's a good get, and his ksuva is paid off. So, the, what, what's the question at stake? The question at stake is we're going to see is that since the value of the material, the physical object is considered to be the payment of the ksuva, does it also count um, as the giving of the get? And that has to do with the issue we raised yesterday, because how much is the giving of the get, the transferring of the value of the object, is it taking possession of an object of value, or is it just the physical handing over of the object? If you remember yesterday we said that even if the object was worth less than a pruta, it was a, as a leaf of an olive uh, tree, or even if we were dealing with, what do you call it, a um, something that was Yisurei Hana that had no value and maybe by Yisurei Hana even possibly not um, um, not only of zero value but maybe something that can't even be possessed it nevertheless con- constitutes a giving of a get because physically the object was handed over so here the question is is that how about this this is a case where, um, where yes it was actually taken possession by the woman but the act of taking possession was an act of um, was you know was in a different context in which like you know, then the when then, then the actual receiving of the get one was in order to take sort of the, to, to acquire its monetary value, um, and maybe that redefines the very nature of the act. So if you take a look at Tosvos, he says he's says So we see clearly that you don't so you, you know so you don't have to take uh, doesn't, there doesn't have to be value. So if there doesn't have to be value to the object, why can't the value of the object go towards the ksuva. How does that make it any worse? If the, object does, if the get doesn't have to be of any value at all, let the get be of value and the value go towards the payment of the ksuva. So it says, no. But there, there's only one thing that's happening is that the object is going over and it's all being given as a get. Here, you know, fundamentally, if you have a $10,000 get and you're giving it over and you're focusing on the value and the value should be the paying off of the ksuva, it might be hard to view this as also the giving of a get. Fundamentally, we would view this as taking the possession of the value of the object and the transferring of an object of value, and maybe that redefines the nature of the act. So he says it does not. Both things can be happening here. So Aesve says, Gamar will ask you on this, 
If somebody says to a woman, here, here's a uh, object that again was written, I don't know, on the side of a car or was written on a piece of gold, and take your get, and any, the part of this object that is the get isn't written on, sort of, you know, the margins, that'll go to paying off your ksufa. Okay, so then the halacha is, it works, the get is a good get, and the margins of this, like, piece of gold um, pays off the ksufa. So the Gemara says, time of the kashar, that's only because there are margins. But if it was actually, you needed the actual area of the get itself to be the payment of the ksuva, that presumably would redefine the nature of the act. The kashar, halekashar lo. So it sounds like if there was no remnant, if there was no margins, then uh, the, the thing, and the get itself was to pay off the ksuva, it would not work as a giving of a get. So the Gemara says, no. Who are You know what? That's not true. It would work even if there was no margins. Okay? And the, get, the whole get was also the ksufa. So why did it give the example of margins? That even if there is margins, that if only, it only counts as a paying of a ksuva if he said to her, and, the, and the, the rest of it, the margins, goes for the ksuva. But if not, if he didn't say anything, so he said, here's your get, and it was written on gold, he couldn't say, okay, but give me back the margins. I only gave you the get part of it. The margins, no. He wouldn't be able to say that. If he didn't say anything and specify that it was ksuva payment, she'd be entitled to keep it all. Why? Because my time avirat Megillahu. Because it is the airspace of the Megillah and of the of the scroll, and it's all considered to be of one piece. You know, so therefore he can't say, "Oh no, no, no! I only gave you the part that the letters were written on, but the space between the lines and the space on the margins that I was keeping." You can't make that claim if you don't specify otherwise. It's all one unit, okay? But if he does make the claim, I'm keeping the margins, or I'm going to use the margins to pass the ksuva. That's a legitimate claim but if you so that's that's to teach you that you have to make that claim otherwise she's entitled to it okay on the other hand if you want to ask ask what can be a good get you can actually have that the whole value of the object of the get goes towards the payment of the ksuva and it doesn't define redefine the nature of the act okay so what we actually have now is a lot of Gemaras pointing towards the idea that the giving of the get is not just an aspect of a sort of a Kenyan and transferring of possession, that the get can be worth less than a pruta, could be worth a zero, maybe even, as we discussed yesterday, maybe Yisraelina is even not able to be owned at all. So therefore, the taking of the get is not the taking of possession of the get, it's just the taking of the sort of the physical, having it physically given over, even if there's no sort of halachic, you know, sort of dine mumminous ownership and taking of possession to the point that you can actually have two completely different acts going on here. The physical giving of the get counts as the get and the taking of possession of it counts as the payment of the ksufa. Yeah, you had a question. Yeah, okay, yeah Charlie? Yeah. Today in practice do we write get on cloth or on paper? Um, on cloth. I mean, but you could write it on paper, sure. You could even write it on a leaf of a tree. Yeah. Because the cloth actually has some value whereas she seems to be a paper. Exactly. I mean, the, when the most talking about not value is talking about the case about the leaf of the tree, but right. A single 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 sheet of paper would be a perfect example clearly worth, worth less than a penny right. but a class definitely is an object of value okay so now it's like this 
Now, given that we're dealing with this division, let's say he says, "Here's your get, but I get to get, I get the, pa- but the paper is mine. I'm never giving over the paper." She's not divorced. Now, again, that is different than the case of Yisurei Hana. Yisurei Hana, she doesn't take ownership of the paper. Nobody can own the paper, but she fully takes. Pos- I mean, there's nothing to own, but it's fully under her control and her possession, and he certainly doesn't have any rights to it either. Okay, whereas here, by claiming that he's retaining ownership, what he's also doing is he's not fully giving it over to her. So that obviously makes it of a, of a different nature than Yisurei Hana. Um, so, um, but on the condition that you return the paper to me, it is. Because then, it's a, at the giving over, it's fully hers. She just now has to, at some future time, give it, to, give it back to him. That's like a tonight. That's on, on the condition that you give me $100. So even though it means that she won't get to keep the get in her possession for forever, the act of giving is a complete act. It's sort of like a matana amnatahachia. You know, but the act of giving is it's now fully um, under her possession and therefore um, she is divorced okay but, yeah. well that's true she would need to get some receipt written by base and some record of it and so on yeah exactly okay let's say he says here's the get but I retain but I'm retaining ownership and possession of the uh, not of the space on which the letters are written but I'm retaining ownership over the white space that exists between the letters and between the lines Okay, so is that still considered like he's giving her a get if the paper of the white space between the words and the lines remains his uh, and between the letters? So the Gemara says, Teku. So we're not clear. Is that considered a real giving of a get? On the one hand, she gets the actual, you know, a full, uh, uh, you know, besides the physical possession of it, even the ownership, his ownership is only holding back the paper that the letters aren't written on. So maybe that's not considered a holding back of the get itself. On the other hand, if you imagine what would happen happen if you were to take the papers that the letters weren't written on, then the whole thing would fall apart and it would be these tiny little pieces of paper so can you really consider that to still be a get? So that's presumably the Gemara Suffolk. If he says, Almanat, that the external margins are mine you know, you know the, the top and bottom and left and right margins are mine, obviously that would be good. That would be like Hashar Luxuvaseich but in this case, if you imagine that he's only giving her the stuff you know, he has, if you imagine the piece of paper is divided between the part that's hers and the parts that's his, right, if this whoever what was now has left out the marker anyway um, why is this not working either anyway okay so if you imagine right that if you looked at it what we actually need is two colors so you can go to the um, my drawer there on the right side you'll see markers so if you imagine that you had the document, right? And it was like all of the Gimel, whatever, the Haray, At, right? Nuteret. Really? Yeah. Go one step down. No, no, one, one door down on the right hand side. There's no, 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 nope, nothing there. Anyway, all right, whatever. Okay, so, anyways. Okay, moving on. All right. We're certain I had a multicolored market there. Yeah. yeah. You're becoming crazy. It's all black. Uh-huh. Oh, one. Okay. Anyway, thank you. All right. So, anyway, so if you imagine, right, that basically, right, his do- his part of the document is like, well, whatever, you know, 
So I'm not trying to see how to draw it. Like, this is all his part of the document, right? <laughs> right, all of this is his. And her parts, right, are like, you know, are like the, uh, right, are like, you know, all of this is his, right? And, <laughs> you know, this is, the red is his, whoops, <laughs> right? Anyway, if you imagine that, right, so if that's, if that's a document, yeah, I'm giving you the get and I'm keeping everything else. So, like, what type of, what type of get is it that has those tiny little things that are not even connected to one another? So that's the Gemara's question, which is, is that still like he's giving her a get? So it says... The black get and the white get, like the black... Oh, right, exactly. The black fry, the white fry. Anyway, so the Gemara says, okay, take you. So the Gemara says like this, um, uh, one minute. Okay. Um, to to say, how about the fact, though, that the Gemara says this should be obvious because based on you know what the sort of that exact thing that uh, that it, what she's left with is multiple pieces of paper and again it has to be one single object. So the Gemara says, um, The case is is that the letters are written in a way in which um, in which they are interwoven. What does that mean, or they're sort of connected? Which is that basically, if you have a word here, right? If you have, I don't know, a gimmer, whatever, let's say you have a dollar here, and then on the bottom line you've got a lamid like that, okay? So, therefore, in this case, right, if the, the, even if you were to cut out this area here, right, you, have, you would have to stop at the lamid, and you cut out this area, so this would still sort of be, it would all be sort of connected, as it were, in that case. Now, the funny, the thing is, though, that would only, that you can't do that with every single word. You can only do that, like, you can connect lines, but he still said, ben teva le teva. He didn't just say, ben shita le shita. If you just cut out the space between the lines, and then it all sort of, like, remains connected, right, because each line is somehow in- invades the space of the previous one, at least when you're done with the cutting out, you do have one physical unit. But he also said, ben teva le Teva between each word. It's not. I don't think it's going to be possible to get it so that right you. So I, I don't exactly get how that really fully solves the problem. And anyway, what I also don't get is is that if you really successfully have made it in a way that even if you were to cut out his space, it would all be one unit. So then I'm not sure why it's a take. Then why shouldn't it work, right? If you actually did write it on a type of a very like document with a lot of holes and gaps or whatever, but it was one physical object, it's not clear to me why it shouldn't work. So I don't really get it. Um, right um, okay anyway um, I mean Rashi says Fuga Rashi the Mu'ura Mu'ura the Miktas Chayibo Otiot Aruchim Hamigim Rishita Lishita Baroshe Kol Teva the Teva so Rashi actually says that it invades every single word so I guess for Rashi maybe it would be for every single I don't know how you would have it unless you, you didn't even wait for Lamid you did it intentionally for everything so if you had the word here hooray I'm trying to think about it. At muteret, how would you do it? And he said, so you would do like lichol. Interesting that that would be kosher, right? And then you did I don't know lichol adam or something like this, <laughs> so that even if you were to try to cut out the space between the words, you would still somehow have it all connected. Anyway, somehow that, that's anyway whatever it would be. But the point is, if it was constructed like that, it's then what's the suffix? then fine, then you take Haniyar Shali and you still have a remaining thing that the kosher get. Anyway, take a look at Tosfos. Oh, so the Gemara leaves it though as a take Take a look at Tosfos. 
which also says Lord Tzicha de Meura. It also says like this: Mikam Adakim Kibani Yitra Bar Mordechai to Ein Tarf Begetzer to Heiko Os Os Mukefes Gvio May Arba Ruchotecha. So here's a question: Does every letter have to have white space around it? Can letters be touching? Okay. So he says Kedama Hacha de Meura. So he assumes what Meura means is because he says, okay, big deal. If so, but so what if you have your lamet sticking up? If you just get uh, get out your scissors, you can still cut around it, right? So how does that prevent you from making everything fall apart? The only way this prevents you from making it all fall apart into separate little scraps of paper is if the letters are actually touching. But if the letters aren't touching, get a close, uh, just get a good enough razor, and you could still cut out each word individually. So he assumes that the mu'ura means that the letters are actually touching. The real mer de eni kan rayid the had to come in the mu'ura hani regel chaf shall she tell you not the tet shall she touch the pachteha or shlamid behei or bechet kelamal heimena. Okay, so he says no. As long as it's like inside of a letter, we, we wouldn't cut around it. All right, but it doesn't have to be touching, and it's not so clear that if it's touching, it's okay. But but then he says, Do we need it that there's white space around it? All right, so there's an interesting question: Can the letters be touching? But anyway, the other the other question that I've got just about this Gemara is is that if you've really constructed it in a way in which it's impossible to, that even after you've cut out the husband's uh, paper. Um, it would still remain one unit and I don't know why it shouldn't be good and if it's constructed in a way that it can't remain one unit I don't know why it is good so I'm not exactly still sure what the suffix is that the Gemara feels it can't answer anyway we move on okay by Rami Barchama Rami Barchama asked Hayim muzakin be'evet shu shelo v'get kosuv al yado v'areyu v'areyu yotei mitachas yada. They knew that the slave was his, and he had a get written on the slave's arm, and now she's uh, in possession of the slave. Okay, mahu. What's the halacha? Now we know from the Mishnah that you can write on a slave and give the slave, but that's when there's witnesses that it was given over. Here there's no witnesses. She's just physically in possession of the slave. Miam read an aknuye akne law that he transferred possession of the slave to her. Oh dilma. Maybe the slave just figured that he would rather live with the uh, the woman than the man, you know. And he himself walked over, and she doesn't. And it, it's, the fact that she's the slave is in her house is no evidence that actually it was transferred. Now that seems to be a general question about how do you prove? You know, we normally say possession is not, is not nine tenths, ten tenths of the law, right? That if you're possessing something, you're assumed to be the owner of it. But would we say that by a slave that can actually just travel on his own? So that doesn't seem to be a given question. It seems to be a general question of ownership of whether it's evidence of ownership so the Gemara says what's the halacha so So before even getting to that Rava says I don't get it if you just wrote it on ink on the slave's arm that could be forged because you could erase it and write something in its place so that's right I mean that's going to get to the case of the Mishnah that's what I'm going to say how do you explain the Mishnah we have this in the Mishnah written on the slave's hand that's not difficult and that would also answer why we didn't have this the answer to our question here as well about how, whether you know it's given over or not the mission could be talking about that there are witnesses that it was given over so you know it was given over you know what was written on it it doesn't have to be not forgeable because the witnesses read it so the mission is fine the case we're dealing with is a case that you didn't see it given over and we're only be, uh, relying on the signatures so before you get to the question of whether it was actually given as a get you have to deal with the question about whether it was uh, that the uh, that it's that it's forgeable and therefore not a good documents because nobody was there to see it being given over so the Gemara says El Rami Barcham because Rami Barcham's whole question was was that there was no witnesses that it was given over so the Gemara says Rami Barcham and Nami that's not difficult 
Ksovis Kaka. We're dealing with a tattoo, as Michael said. Now, of course, the question is, if we're dealing with a tattoo, how are you allowed to do it? So maybe you're not allowed to do it. If you look at those, but, but it doesn't matter. It would still be a good get. So you look at those, the Ksovis Kaka, Migo Rais, and those who says, Leke Isurach, Yichtov, Vikakeo, Bidyo, Bikachol, Kedetnan, Perekim, Udermakos. You might have to use certain types of inks. And maybe here you just did it without an ink at all. Um, you know, may, or maybe you did it with a different type of ink. Okay. It wouldn't stop it from being a get, even if you were over an Isra of tattooing. Okay, so anyway, it was tattooed. So it's not. Exactly. So anyway, well, a, anyway, anyway, so it's definitely a. It's definitely a good get, but the question is, do you know it was, it was legitimately, it's not forgeable, but was it actually given over? Did the slave just walk over? So where it says, now that we're saying that that's a, a scenario, that could be the case of the Mishnah. You don't have to say there are witnesses in the Mishnah. Anyway, my Allah, what was the upshot? Does that work? Can we assume that the slave was given over if we didn't see the slave being given over? So Tashma, come There's no Chazaka on um, on um, uh, flocks that if you basically a flock the fact that I'm in possession of your flock of sheep maybe uh, you know they, they, they maybe uh, they were out grazing and your shepherd I don't went home for lunch or something and I took them so or maybe they just walked into my uh, you know into my yard so something that moves on its own accord I mean I guess the fact you know is not considered a normal sense of possession doesn't work what you have to do is you have to be it's sort of like karka well karka you can't be in possession because you don't carry it around so there you're, there's not an idea of possession because you don't actually possess it in the same way. And what you need by Karka to prove that it's yours if you don't have an actual document and direct evidence is you need to be on it for three years without being challenged. So the Gemara says the same is true by something that does move, but it actually could move by itself. The fact that it's my possession doesn't mean that I took possession. It might have come to me and that you only are considered to be able to prove that it's yours if you don't have direct, uh, like a bill of sale, if you actually um, um, are uh, in possession of it for three years. So, so if, I, if I have a car, so if I have a flock, even though I've had it for two years, no, so, and I haven't been challenged, that's why you better hold on to your dot, your bill of sale for three years. Yes, same way the IRS has to hold on to your uh, receipts for three years. Yes, no one can prove anything really unless you have a bill of sale. Right, or it's three years, and then you don't have to keep on holding on to it. So anyway, so then the Gustavus' question is, is that, okay, but then what was the suffix? I mean, we know that. I mean, we, you know, we, we, you know that, like, that's an established halacha, and it's even more obvious by slaves that we say that slaves, you don't have possession of just by physically holding on to them, that you need to have some bill of sale. So what was the suffix here? And you so Gustavus says, well, maybe the combination of the fact that it's in your possession and that a get is written on it, those combined should have somehow been evidence that it was given over as a get. But anyway, but for Tosos, the basic question is that is this actual, uh, uh, you know, a type of a normal DNA mumminous proof that you own it? Now, the actual, there's a more interesting way of explaining this question, which isn't just a general DNA mumminous. It could be, we always knew that by slocks, flocks and slaves or whatever, you needed a bill of sale. But here, I think some Mishonim, I didn't check, but I'm pretty sure I remember some Mishonim say, the question might be, let's say even after 
Well, you could sort of go two ways. You could sort of say the question on the one hand could be, remember, we just got through saying that you don't, it's not about taking monetary possession of it. It can even be Yisurehana that don't require, that, that don't, it's not even possible to own, possibly, according to some Achronim, to own Yisurehana. So if that's true, what if you had something that you were in possession of, but not in a way that, like, demonstrated ownership, right? So is that still considered possession for a get? Now, the answer could be yes. You don't have to, de- you know... But at least, but, but there's still the question of, well, we don't know factually what happened or not, right? Maybe, yes, if you're holding the slave, even if that doesn't demonstrate ownership in Dine Mominus, right, that could still work as an act of receiving your debt. It doesn't need to demonstrate ownership, but now we just don't know Lamasa, we don't know what happened. But maybe the most question is, well, maybe if we're not dealing in a world of Dine Mominus in the act of transfer, maybe we're also not dealing with it in the act of evidence and proof. And even if in Dine Mominus purposes, we would say possession of a slave is in proof, but yet we're not dealing with Choshen Mishpat, right? We're dealing with, uh, you know, Evan Ezer. And we say that the definition of proving that you have the get and it was given to you and you're proven to be divorced is just the fact that physically it's in your property. Maybe it doesn't go by the same halachas as Dini Mominus. But that's one way of saying it. You could also say the reverse. You could say that what would happen if a woman had the get written on the slave and the slave was in a possession for three years? Would she be divorced? Right? Because now she does prove that she owns it. Or could you say no? That even though from Dine Mominus you're proven to be owning the slave, since it wasn't evident that it was yours from the time it was given, right? Since from, you know, for the last three years you couldn't prove that the slave was yours, then that can't count as evidence that it was given to you as a get. Evidence that it was given to you as a get has to be something that when you're in possession of it from the very beginning shows that you're divorced. Not something that only three years later will we now be able to realize actually. So part of, I think what's interesting about this question is that we're at the intersection of Dine Mominus and, and, and giving a get. Right? What is the act of giving a get? How much is the possession of a get as proof that you're divorced the same as the standards of proof that you own something? And you could go both ways. You could say that I could it could prove that, I'm a, that it's a get even if I don't, it's not proved I own it from Dine Mominus. Or you could say after three years maybe I own it Dine Mominus but it still doesn't work as a get. Yes? How about if she writes a shark a root and hands it to the slave? I don't know. Okay, we got to focus. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so apparently the Gemara properly could be satisfied by this answer. Go to any Chazaka, and that seems to be in that in their mind answering that it's not again. Right. So according to that, it seems that it does feel that they are that they are that that that, that answer seems to be the way I'm framing it. That it feels that the Dina Mominus is relevant to it. Um, and but it might be that the answer of Einam Chazaka is more saying it's, it's it's the phrasing of it is more saying like you're not really even considered to be in possession, and that's why it's an idea that cuts across both categories. But asking the slave would be of no utility here? Correct. Buy Rami Yeah, because whatever. He doesn't have no money for that. Buy Okay. To get Kosovalah. So now, here's a related question. You knew that he owned a particular tableau, and the get was written on it. And now the husband is, the guy is holding on to it. Now, now, we don't, now, he hasn't given it to her yet. He just says, I want to give my wife this thing, um, and divorce her, 
with it. Now, he's in possession of it, so he's considered to be the owner in Dini Mamnes in all purposes. Why don't we let her divorce her? Because basically what's clear is she gave him this tableau, this, uh, this uh, you know, tablet. Um, she gave it to him for the purpose that he could use it to write again and give it to her. But he has to own the get that he's giving her. So maybe he, there was not a full dot to fully give it over since she knew she was going to get it back anyway. It's like a classic question that rabbis get, which is, we have this ring that we use, you know, that's been passed down from mother to daughter for many generations, and I'm getting married, and I want my chassan to give it to me. Can I give it to him that he should give it to me for my wedding ring? Do you consider that you've really fully transferred ownership since you're expecting to get it back anyway? So that's the question. Well, yeah, but you have to do it in a way that it's really serious. So the Gemara says, do we say, that she genuinely transferred it to him? Oh, Diamo, do we say, now here it says, which we'll see why later. But anyway, for now, just do people don't know that they need to fully transfer something over if they're expecting to get it back. Um, I'm going to Avu Haid, even he, which is, uh, which was, uh, I forget who he was, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba, Haid, um, Al Kfar Katan Shayyib Batay Yerushalayim, a little village that was by Yerushalayim, Bahayyib Bozakin Echad, Bahayyib Malaveh, not Malaveh, Malveh, Malveh, Malveh Lechol Bnei Hakfar, Malveh means a company, right? How would you say Len? Malveh? Malveh. Malveh? Are hard, so same thing as the loaner? Okay. Zahaya Malveh l'chobin e'akfar. Fekosei b'ksav yado. So he would lend to all people of the village and he would write in his own handwriting Zacheim chosmin. And other people would sign it. Which is fine. I mean, obviously, if you're the lender, right, it's the guy who borrows, which is his handwriting, substitutes for witnesses. The lender can't use his handwriting to substitute for witnesses. So you'd get other people to witness it. But he would be the guy. He would prepare all the documents and get other witnesses to and the Chabi said it's fine. Why not? There are other witnesses. Don't you need that the document be owned by the one who is selling the property? Now, this isn't a sale. This is a loan. But if you imagine, if I'm selling Michael my field, right, and I write on a piece of property here, I write on this Sefer, and I give it to him. So the point is that the one who is the one who's going to be in possession of the document to prove that he owns the field, right, it has to, the document has to be owned by the other side, by the side that's giving the document over to be as evidence to that side. So, in the, if you transfer that to a case yeah, of a mal, that's just based on a pasuk, okay, that's just the requirement. Now, if you transfer that to a Malvin Lovis scenario, okay, so the Malva is the one that's going to be in possession of the document to prove that the guy owes him money. So, the idea of, say, for Machinator would mean the Lovis, who is also the one who is writing it, like the, if you imagine if you were to write it actually in his own hand, it would be, I owe you $100, the same way I'm selling you my field, here, take this document. I owe you $100, here, take this document. The document has to be owned by the Lovet and given to the Malvet. Now, Tosos questions that. Tosos says, you can have this type of a formal requirement of safer makna when you're dealing with something that, that the actual star is working as an instrument to effect the transfer of property. But if all the effect or a get or change of status or whatever, you could say it has to be owned by the side that is giving it over. But if all you're dealing with is that it's going to prove that some, uh, an event happened, that I actually borrowed $100, then why should there be a formal requirement in terms of who owns the physical document, right? If the document is actually effecting some change, you can make these requirements of what makes it into this instrument. But if it's just evidence and witnesses are signing testimony, who cares who owns the document? So Tosa says, yeah, you're right. What we have to assume is that we're not 
just talking about Amalvin Lova. If he's the guy dealing with all the documents, then presumably also when even people came to sell him property, and maybe they sold him property to pay off debts that they had from him or whatever, he would also write their documents for them as well. That it really wouldn't apply to a case of Malvin Lova. But the simple sense of the Gemara is the Gemara is applying this idea of Sefer Machna across the board. Whether it's in Star Kenyan, whether it's a star that affects as an instrument, or whether it's a star raya, whether it's just evidence, it has to be owned by the side that is giving it over. So the Gemara says, so why did that work? He owns these documents, but it's the other side that's giving it to him. So presumably, he would prepare the documents, and then he'd say, you want to borrow $100? Fine. He takes a sheet of paper, he writes out the documents, then he says, here, take this, take possession of it, you take possession of it, you get witnesses to sign it, and then you give it back to me. So you see that you can assume that somebody can do something properly, can give over the document, even though he knows it's coming back to him. So the Gemara says... That he must transfer to the other side, even though he's getting it back. So here too, the woman could transfer the tablet to the other to, to the husband, even though she knows she's getting it back. So I'm a rabbi, my kusher. Why is that difficult, or why does that prove anything? Yilma zaking shani the other He says he was the elder, and he knew, and he was the guy. He was the literate person. So okay, he knew what he had to do. That was his business anyway. Doesn't mean that a woman knows that she's got to when we're not yet saying the fact that she's a woman, but a normal person would know that you have to transfer the ownership fully, even if you're expecting to get it back. If a co-signer, a guarantor, signs a document after it's already been sealed and handed over. So I said... I owe Charlie $10,000 and I borrowed the money and I signed the document and I gave it to Charlie. And now Charlie is saying, you know, you didn't pay up, whatever, he's giving you a hard time. I said, you know what? Here, I'm going to get my friend David. He's going to co-sign that document for me so you'll stop nudging me all the time. So David comes and he signs it after it's already in Charlie's possession. That's a lachachis from Shkarot. Okay, now that works. Now the question is, one minute. Okay, well, let's take a look. So, so Charlie can now, if he has to go collect from David, can collect from him, although he can only collect from, from things that are in David's proper control. He can't collect from things that David has sold because once the document was already registered before, people aren't going to know that you are co-signed and since it won't be public that you co-signed, you, the people that would purchase your property won't be protected so that he can, Charlie can only collect from you directly. He can't go ahead and collect from people that are, you know, from people that purchased well, it from you. That wouldn't be No, no, that would be B'nai Charid. Yeah, yeah. It's just he can't do from things that have been sold. Now, the thing is, but why can he collect from you at all? Why is it a valid star as far as you're concerned? You weren't in possession of it and gave it to him. He was in possession of it. So again, uh, now, the funny thing is, since when does an Arab have to work from the proper, from the, through a star? Like, that's what Tosa discusses. Again, it's a similar type of a question. Maybe just by agreeing, and maybe it's a type of admission, and anyway, but the Gemara is assuming it works through normal star functions. So the only way your signature created a star that now allows Charlie to collect from you is if Charlie gave you back the star for you to sign and for you to give it back to Charlie. So again, you see that you can trust somebody to do that. So the Gemara says, why is that difficult? So, now we get to the question about women. Okay, oh, men, men know what they're doing in the world of business. But a woman, so here's where we really miss uh, uh, Rivka, <laughs> you know, there, there you can't assume that she knows, you know, that she has to do it. You could also say, again, that this is maybe something that occurs, you know, maybe once in somebody's life getting divorced, it's not something that people are well aware of, or anyway, hopefully we're not, it's not a statement about women's Pim, innate capacity, but just about the fact they're not involved, involved in business as much anyway. Okay, so the device sounds like this. Um...
So Ella, so um, Ella Maravati, no, I'll give you a case where, even the even case of a woman who knows how to do it. So Mehacha, Ish Kozevsis Gita, a woman can write her get, okay, now, which means that the husband tells her, you be my shaliach to write, you know, to write the get, and she goes ahead and writes the get. Kozevsis Gita, Ish Kozevsis Shovro, and the man can write the receipt, I, you know, Sarah received my ksuva from Ruving. Now, of course, it's now, it's, he's writing it, but it's, it doesn't mean anything. You can't write your own receipt. So witnesses have to sign it, and then she has to give it back to him. The same way she writes again, it's not valid until witnesses sign it and he gives it to her. But anyway, they can do the writing. It only becomes valid once it's signed. So anyway, so if that's so obvious that a woman to write her get, what was the suffix? So Tosa says, no, because the normal case, I would have assumed that meant was, here's my quill, here's my paper, you just do the writing. And it doesn't prove the question of when the paper was owned by the woman, does she know to give transfer possession of it to the man. But nevertheless, the Gemara assumes that since it just says Stam, a woman can write the get, it means in all cases. So that not only can she do the writing for the man, but it's, even, if it's her, even if it's her parchment, we assume she can transfer ownership. She will be able to know that he needs to transfer ownership to her husband, that it has to be her husband's parchment. After she finishes writing it, she fully gives it to the husband, so then the husband can give it back what? to her. That's what it's all based on. Yeah. Well, say for Machna also. No, that the idea that he has to own it is based on Sefer Machna. Well, because since, again, because because we just because this gets back to the point that we don't assume that the Vidini Mominus is necessarily the same as the act of giving. Right? That's what we've been dealing with from the very beginning. That the act of giving doesn't necessarily mean being Machna something. But the idea that he has to own it is learned from the idea of Sefer Machna. Um, so, um, um, so anyway, so that's, um, and all this is relevant exactly to that question of can I give a ring for my custom to give back to me? And the basic answer is yes. Right? You are, you know, you can go ahead, write the get on your own piece of paper, or give the tablet to the guy, or even write the whole get, and then you're trusted to fully be mocking it over to your husband in order for the husband to give even it back to you. Even if they didn't tell you, like, this is what you need to do. Need to well, I assume, I mean, I, that's an interesting question, which is, is that, you know, um, which is, uh, that seems to be the case of the Gemara, you know, which seems to be the exact question about whether it's Yadalak Nuye, that's something which is a very good point, meaning it's one thing to say, you're right, it's one thing to say, here's the Rekwalachic requirement, do we believe you're doing it Belay Shalim, right? Part of the question of the Gemara seems to be, do we even presume you knew what you needed to do? And the answer seems to be yes, and you're right, like, that's a big question, like, forget the whole Gemara Isha Yada, how many people would know that there's a, it's one thing to know, oh, everybody knows that the guy has to own the ring and give it to the woman, but how many people know that the guy has to own the document, you know, you know, just just to rather than just hand over the document. So that is the answer of the Gemara. But you're right; that's a important to underscore. That's part of the Chiddush. Yes, Carly. Paula bought a ring and gave it to me to give to her under the kupa. So that's it. You're not married. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. But more, more uh, this would seem to imply more that it's the the witnesses rather than the actual writing itself that really matters for the. Well, it is. I mean, yeah. Which is what we've been sort of learning. Clearly, whether it's the signing of the witnesses or the presence of the witnesses. Right. So the one says like this. Okay. Now that we're still with the slave, we're going to have another case. I'm a rubber. So now, this is again, this is such a great question because it goes to how much is the act of giving of the get, the physical transfer of the object, or is it taking possession? So on the one hand, we've been saying you don't need to take possession. On the other hand, I mean, at least in the case, or, or, or we might have been saying it, if Yisurahena is a type of an object that possession is not possible with. On the other hand, we've been saying that the possession of the owner, of the husband, might hold back if he says, Hanir Shali. How about if the act of taking possession 
Rabbanan is a little bit indirect. What does that mean? Indirect. So he wrote a get now here and he gave it to the slave. Because of Allah Shtar Matana Allah. And then he gifted the slave to the woman. And he wrote a sharmatana about the slave. And she took possession of the sharmatana. So she did not actually take possession directly of the get. She took possession of the slave in which the get was on. So you could say the act of Nesina, the act of the physical giving of the get, was given, it was put on his chatzar, if we consider the slave his chatzar. Let's imagine, for example, that it is in a slave. I put this get down and I put it in my yard. And then I sell my wife my yard. Okay? So you could say, well, there was a giving of a get, which wasn't to my wife, and there was a taking possession of it, which was something which was, right, which was, uh, you know, which was not the same as the act of giving. We're just, we're, we're breaking up the Remember taking the possession. Same thing, thing is that it has to be, gives it to her, not that she goes and takes it. Well, okay, so there's the active part that she's doing as well, but even before we get to her active part, okay, maybe the act is, you know, if you focus on the act of giving as the physical act, the, there was no act of giving, there was just an act of taking, there was an act of giving which was or an act of taking possession which wasn't an act of giving or maybe you could say the actual fact that I am giving her the, uh, the, the, the field and she's taking possession of the field that becomes the act of giving of the get it's like it's all in one big package right it's the get with the field that I'm giving her so that seems to be the Gemara's assumption that that would work Michael's point about the fact that she's taking an active role we'll get to in a minute so that's why the Gemara doesn't ask the case in the case of a field so what's special about the case of a slave let's take a look so it's closer like this um so because of get um because of it works, she takes possession of the slave and she's divorced. So the Gemara says, Am I what? Is that our Mishnah? Um well our Mishnah might no, our mission is that the get the the, the, the the slave is the get and he directly transferred the slave. Right? So here he's actually transferring the thing that the slave isn't on. He's actually transferring the slave, the slave is holding the get. Uh, okay? The get is being held in the hand of the slave. So you might say that's not an act of giving a get, it's an act of giving a slave. Okay, no, so my wise is true. So again, like the Gemara by Godros, rather than from our perspective where the Chiddush is what defines an act of giving a get, the Gemara wants to ask a Dini Mominus question, which is, is that you don't take possession of a slave. Uh, a slave, it, it, the idea that if, uh, if, if something you own is in your field, you take possession of it, that's a Kenyan Chatzar. If something is on my slave's body, do I take possession of it because I own my slave so that's like a Kenyan Chatzar but the problem is that the slave as we sort of mentioned before about slaves is that they move around and therefore the idea that my Chatzar takes possession of something for me is only if my Chatzar is stable if I have a moving Chatzar if it's Mehalechet okay because it's not it, for whatever reason it's not seen as a classic Chatzar and therefore uh, things that are in my Chatzar Mehalechet do not become mine so the Gemara isn't bothered about the Halacha that it's in the scene of Get fine it's get, but you don't know she doesn't own the piece of paper because something in the hand of a slave doesn't get owned by somebody. It's a chutzner Okay. Unless he put the slave in her chutzner, then Yeah, but if, if basically, let's say it was her slave, the Gemara is saying to put a get in the hand of the slave of a woman wouldn't work because it's a chutzner mehalechas. Okay, that's the Gemara's problem. So the Gemara says, so that well, that's going to be the answer. Okay. 
Omed, let's say this, he happens to be standing at this moment, no, since it wouldn't work if he was moving, it doesn't work if he's standing. So forget the fact that first it was all his and then he whatever. Even if directly into her slave shouldn't work. It doesn't work with Kenyan Chatsa. So the Gemara says, the of is fine, the slave is bound. So he's not moving. All right. But of course, then the Gemara just deals with that side problem. It ignores the bigger Chiddush, which is that uh, there was no direct giving of the get. So you have, and that what you have to do is you have to look at the giving of the Evid who is holding the get is considered like one big package that, inclu- that is basically defines an act of giving of the get. But we're going to c- continue to clarify. The Amar Rava, Rava also says, You wrote a get and you put it in his chatzar, okay, which is like his Evid, so, and then you wrote a shtar matan on it. That works. Now that's the m- m- much simpler case. And that clearly, the Chiddush is not about mehaleches. The Chiddush is that that constitutes an act of giving a get. So the Gemara says, V'tzricha, you need both. That it works by a slave, but it doesn't work by a chutzer. Why? What happens if she gets the field afterwards? Now what do you mean? This is a case where she gets the field afterwards and it works. So Rashi says it means a third party. I write my wife a get, I put it in my, in my yard, I sell my yard to Michael. And then Michael sells the yard, which still has the get in it, to my wife. Okay, so that obviously won't work because yes, there she clearly she is taking possession of the physical piece of paper, but clearly there's no act of nesina haget. Okay, if it's coming through a third party, so you might think that that case we won't allow because it'll lead to people allowing a case of coming through a third party. So I had to tell you we allow that. Okay. Um, I would have said I won't allow the slave case because the slave case if we allow it when he's, the slave is bound we'll allow it when he's not bound that we allow both cases but nevertheless the big chiddish which it's not exploring yet but it's about to explore is besides that we don't make zeras is that this is all considered an act of giving a get it's all like one big package now why is that a chiddish on the one end you could say the chiddish is because I'm not really being directly makne the get I'm being makne the the chutzner and the kinyan haget comes indirectly through that. Okay, so that's maybe a piece of it. But now, but the, what the Gemara focuses on is what Michael said, which is that she has to take an active part of taking possession of the chutzner, which isn't true by an act of giving a get. A giving a get, she could be totally passive. Here, she has to be a willing participant in taking possession of the chutzner or of the slave. So let's take a look. So the Gemara says like this. Amar Bay, Abay said, Mechti, let's take a look. Chatzar Mehechi Yisrabai. How do you know that her chatzar works? Miyada. The same way it says, Vinasan Biyada, her hand. So we say her chatzar, her field counts like her hand. But one minute. When it comes to giving a baguette, if you give it to her person, it's whether she agrees or doesn't agree. So when you put it in her yard, it should have to be something similar. She already owns the yard, and whether she likes it or not, you put the get in her yard and she's divorced. Okay? As opposed to this case, um, this case of the gift, it'll only work if she agrees to accept the gift of the yard or the gift of the slave. Okay? So basically, what the Gemara is saying is, then you you could say it doesn't count as her hand and make it a definition of what constitutes her hand that the, that the, that, that, but I could also say I would also say it doesn't count as an act of giving a get an act of giving a get fundamentally has to be a unilateral act 
Okay? Whereas this, right, she could agree, but it's irrelevant. Whereas this act fundamentally requires her active participation. And therefore, maybe it's not defined as an act of giving a gift. That's a really good question. Okay? So let's see what the Gemara says. So, Masti if she makes an agent to receive her get, okay, then that requires her to agree. And presumably, if while the get is being given, she's saying, no, 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 I don't agree, I don't agree, then the shlichus ends and the get, and the giving of the get was no good. So shlichus only works if she's actively agreeing throughout the process. And nevertheless, it constitutes an extension of her and it constitutes a good act of giving of the get. Okay? So that's a good, so you see that that can be okay. Uh, and it's based on a different parsha that you can it says he shall send her from the house but from the word shalach we learn that he can make an agent so what Abai says is yes there are times where it do, an act does require her active agreement at least to the framework and the setting and the setup okay but that's based on a parsha of shlichos this is not the idea of a field is not a parsha of shlichos and therefore, it's not clear it would work the same way. And another way to conceptualize it is the following, is that by the case of the shlichus, she had to agree to making the person a shaliach and maybe implicitly to keeping the person a shaliach. But the actual act of giving, right, is, not, is still a unilateral act. Once she set up the arrangement, it's still a unilateral act of the act of giving. Whereas in the case of transferring the field that has the get in it, the act of giving cannot take place. It can never get to her without her actively agreeing and participating and taking you know and taking possession so it really is of a different quality although again the Gemara is sort of focusing I'm focusing on the act of giving the Gemara is focusing on the sort of is this thing considered a Yad or is it a Shaliach a Shaliach works Midasa but for to work as a Yad it has to be functional even Shalom Midasa and that's not true here so the Gemara but that's the challenge why should it so the Gemara says like this um um, okay, that you know what a shliach lekabala also can work sometimes for al karcha. Where does a shliach lekabala work against her will? So husband, a father can accept the get for his daughter against her will. And Tosos, by the way, points out it would even be against, could even be against the father's will. A person can give a get to a father against his will, against her will, and he's considered to be a shaliach. Okay, so. This Therefore, um, and that's why if the institution works Falkarcho, it'll work when she actively appoints a Shaliach. So Tosa says, okay, but then say the same thing here. If I own the Chatzar, if my, if, if my wife owns the Chatzar, it works Baal Karcho, right? So then, Baal Karcha, Baal Karcha, so then we should be okay with it working when she has to take active possession of the chutzah. Right? The same way we say, well, if the institution of shlichus works, in some cases, bal karcha, it should work even when she's willing. So, okay, say the same thing here. So says, no, there's a difference. Because... In the case of the chutzer, she could always, in theory, divest herself of the chutzer. So there's always, even when the chutzer works balkarcha, 
there's a way in which in theory she could divest that relationship as opposed to the father and the daughter that is 100% you know again, there's no way anybody can get out of that and therefore what we're saying is one way or another we understand that shlichus can work even when she needs to be a active participant or she needs to appoint a shaliach even because it's a different parsha or she's already set up the, 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 the thing or because there's an example of it that works completely against her will so the fact that it works shlichus when she has to actively appoint a Shaliach is one thing, but we're not prepared to accept that necessarily this Chiddush of Rava is true. Because this Chiddush of Rava is a big Chiddush. It's a case where she can act, she's needed at the time of the giving to be an active participant in taking part- possession, a willing participant in taking possession of the object. Okay, And that is something that we normally never find by a get. Shlichus is a different story, but certainly without a Shlich being present, the whole idea is that it's unilateral and in Rava's case it's not unilateral so the Gemara is not necessarily willing to go along with Rava's Chiddush so okay hope. Uh, now how do you know I'm looking at just what the Rambam is you know the, the little dollar by, by Amarava alright well I have to look at the Rambam but whatever it is Abai certainly isn't happy okay so I don't know I have right? okay fine you're right okay which is so you, I mean I, I didn't check the Rambam you're probably right but Abai raises a really good question and what you see is that, that, is that that's Rav's Chiddush. Rav's Chiddush is that that constitutes an act of Nesina. So what you have to appreciate is what the Gemara is doing here along the lines is that it's exploring the intersection or the relationship between the act of Nesina and the act of taking possession, uh, you know, of a Dine Mumminist type of a taking of possession. And Rav set up a case where it really only works through a Dine Mumminist taking possession, which on the one hand is a Chiddush is that we bundle it and we look at it as an act of Nesina, but on the other hand it's a Chiddush that it works even though she's uh, needs to be an active participant. Yes. This one of the six cases where we rule by a by rather. Well, we don't rule like a by. I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I think Michael is right. I didn't check, but I think Michael is right that we rule like Rafa. Yeah. But it's still worth appreciating the chat, the nature of the challenge. Let's right? She could, she could refuse. Yeah, but if she does accept, it's a chiddush that it works, even though it's a different nature of an act. Refuse, like, I'll take the not again. Uh, well, no, it's all uh, unless he's okay with it. Okay, I'll always Let's read. Let's at least turn the page. So why it says if you write on the hand of the slave, you give over the slave. You write on the horn of a cow, you give over the cow. So it says I get why you don't cut off the hand of the slave because you're not allowed to. Okay, but why don't you just cut? It, but, but why does it sound like you can't cut off the horn of the cow? What would be the problem of cutting off the horn of a cow? So the Gemara says So Amar Krav Kasev Something that only requires giving over, not something that requires cutting and giving over. Now the funny thing is is that it didn't require cutting right? You could have given over the whole cow, you just chose to cut it. So the question is, what constitutes mechusar ktsitsa? And Tosos has a whole discussion about what if you had to get that you want to like trim the edges off of. So it says, well first of all that's clearly not a problem. That's just you know, some trivial cutting if it's not cutting from a main larger thing, you're just cutting off some side some, some, some trivial stuff, that's not an issue. But Tosin says that there was a case where they wrote a get on a large piece of paper and the get was only a small part of it and they cut away, the get was a minority and they cut away the get and then gave the get. Okay? And that actually was a big machlokas, Tosin says, of, you know, the Bali Hatosvos, whether that was the kosher get or not. Is that considered mechusar ketitza? Because from the Gemara it makes it sound, normally mechusar ketitza would be a case where ketitza was necessary. The Gemara makes it sound like even if it wasn't necessary, even if you just did a ketitza, it would be a problem. If you cut it away from something major. And Tosin says, well, 
maybe we'll limit it to cases where the major thing that you cut it away from was something that was a live animal or or a growing thing because that's the cases about like you know we'll see later about cutting something that's growing from the ground that would be considered a major change you took something from something living and organic and you basically made it like you plucked the leaf you ripped out the leaf of the tree when it was attached and then you plucked it off so you made a major transformation of the object it was part of a living growing organic thing and now you've made it this like you know this uh, inanimate thing or you cut off a horn of a cow from a living cow okay but if you cut off paper from paper even from a huge piece of paper it would not be a big deal okay but that's what he's inclined to say but he leaves it as a question whether such a get actually would have been good or not alright a, a more even a more limiting approach would be saying that's only no good when it was necessary to cut it off but it doesn't sound that way from the Gemara it sounds like the very act of cutting it would have been a problem let's just I know it's 8.30 if you have to go but I just want to read to the Mishnah it'll go very fast Rabbi Yosei Aglili Rabbi Yosei Aglili says you cannot write a get on Balei Chaim okay so my time is Rabbi Yosei Aglili to Tanya that you can't even give her the cow. Safer. It says, because of less safer creases. Amy, I was safer. I only know like a scroll. The island was called Dover. Anything comes over because of love. Anything. Something that is not living and that's not food. Similarly, anything that's not living and food. Which is like, who says that's what you're going to exclude based on safer? So I just have to show you there's one line in Tosos where Tosos says, um, if you see Tosos, Ma Safer, go two lines down directly un, almost under the word ma and says the ode it's all up to the sages to decide that when we have to say it has to be similar to X you know what's a relevant point of similarity it's all contextual and the sages get to decide in each case so here they decide the thing that's most different from a scroll are animals and food okay so anyway um it can't be animals or food for a banan the rabbis who don't have that limit would say in a book in a scroll to the congress and the word safer would have meant a scroll and we would have limited the objects how should the safer that doesn't mean a scroll it means a story a narrative it doesn't mean a scroll so we're not limiting the physical objects for a banan hide the cost of my avile what do they do with cost of which Rabbi Yehuda used to say comes to include a wider range and not just actual scrolls but the rabbis don't don't have any limit of the object so what do they need Vikasov to tell you which is a funny question to tell you only with a script and not you don't can't give money as a get divorce is similar is connected to marriage the same thing marriage is with money so maybe divorce is money only if it's written because I, if it's Safer already means a script. Why do you need the word because of? Of course, there's a lot of things we learn from because of. Anyway, the Edoch. And how about Rabbi Yehuda? Where did he learn that from? Nafkalei means Safer Krisus, a book of of divorce. Safer Korsa, the Ein Davar Acher Korsa. Only a book creates a divorce, not something else. The Edoch. What do the rabbis do with Safer Krisus? Or the word kritut, presumably. It has to create a complete severing. If you a get on a condition that's for forever, that you don't drink wine, you don't go to your father's house, it's not good because it doesn't sever. For 30 days it is good. Afterwards or even in the No, immediately, as long as she keeps by the condition. The either, and the other would say, how do you get that idea that it has to be completely severing? 
could have said Sefer Karet, and it says Sefer Krisut, that tells you it has to be fully suffering. So Yidach Karet Krisus Lodarshin. The other doesn't learn it from that. Anyway, so we learn from, one of them basically learns from the idea of Sefer limiting the physical objects. It can't be animals and food, and the other doesn't limit that, but does have a limit that it cannot be Mechusar Ketitzah, and what is considered Mechusar Ketitzah, as I said, is a question. doesn't mean only when Ketitzah is necessary. The Gemara sounds like it's no. Even just doing Ketitzah would be a problem, but what type of Ketitzah? So it says a trivial thing, like trim, trimming off some minor thing is not an issue, but trimming off something big from something large could be, and is the question, is that anything, or only when you're taking something from something that's alive and growing, is that considered like a real change that would actually uh, be a problem? Okay, so we will end with this, at least